Hey everyone, this is Christopher Luxon, the former CEO of Air New Zealand. This is John Lee Dumas, the founder and host of Entrepreneurs on Fire. This is Tracy Ibarra. I'm an executive solutions at Dell Technologies. This is Travis Chappell, founder of Build Your Network. If you are wanting to learn how to embrace change, to navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, my very good friend, Dennis Giannoutsos. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsos. Hey, welcome to the show. Leadership is changing. What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Leaders everywhere confront similar obstacles because people are people, but everywhere you go, leaders are overwhelmed, disrupted, and under pressure. They run from email to email, meeting to meeting. Many leaders are not changing quick enough, which means they run the risk of becoming irrelevant and being left behind. The purpose of the show is taking our listeners' leadership to another level by finding their balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. I believe we don't have enough effective leaders in the world today, and if we can get the leaders to step up and lead change, then they can inspire real change. Hey, listeners, it's now time to adapt in our fast-moving world. And listeners, if you haven't checked out the Facebook group or the LinkedIn page, Leadership is Changing, go ahead and do that. We'd love to see you join those two communities, whether it be on Facebook or LinkedIn. Hey, I want to welcome you to the Ask Dennis episode, which is a freestyle episode. I'm asked a question by our listeners, or I share my thoughts and insights and experiences from working with many leaders around the globe. Hey, today is a special episode that I want to come to you with, and it is called A Royal Leader. This week, we lost a world-class leader, and of course, the husband of the Queen, His Royal Highness, Prince Philip has passed away. Already there are tributes coming from around the world um, as they're flooding in, recognizing him and the royal family and the queen in particular, and of course, uh, what he has done and achieved throughout his life. The age of 99, he was two months short of his 100th birthday, and uh, he has achieved a huge amount of things over the 99 years, or almost 100 years for sure. He's been recognized for his leadership, recognized for being beside the Queen as her rock, and being recognized as an innovator, an early adopter. He will be missed by the royal family, of course, but also the Commonwealth countries. We will miss him indeed. I don't know if you know, but Prince Philip was born in Greece to Greek and Danish parents, and so he came from both the Greek and Danish royal family. He was born in Greece, and that's where he was until the family were exiled out of where he was when he was 18 months of age. He was born on the island of Corfu. Uh, in Greek, the word is Kekira, and he was born in Corfu, and which is a group of about seven islands, or well, it's called the Iftanisa, which is the seven islands in the Ionian Sea. That's the sea between Italy and Greece. And my dad and his family, they uh, originate from a small island just below Corfu, and so the same area that uh, Prince Philip was born 
was where my father was born as well. He was a naval officer, and he married uh, Queen Elizabeth on the 20th of November, 1947. He was known as a sporting enthusiast, and in particular, he encouraged uh, riding or racing, and also, you know, uh, bringing polo and so forth into the UK. But he was the patron or president or member of 780 organizations around the globe. And he was the chairman of the Duke of Edinburgh Award. And that's a self-improvement program for 14 to 24 years of age of young people, helping them with certain things around self-improvement and so forth. A lot of times that actual program is run out of schools, which was really quite interesting to see. In fact, there is the, um, I think, you know, they got the three different levels of the of the award, but the, the biggest one is the gold award, which I was uh, privileged to actually achieve when I was in college or for some people around the world, it's high school. And we actually uh, achieved that. And so it was really great. And so if the Queen or Prince Philip went around, then the Governor General of those countries will actually award that uh, Duke of Edinburgh Award was at the gold level. And see, I had the, um, I, I achieved mine and was presented it by a, a Governor General. But a little bit later on, a lot of schools were asked to select some people to go to our college, uh, our school, because Prince Philip was coming in to recognize those gold award holders or recipients. And so I had the privilege of actually going and attending that at our school. So I had the privilege of meeting him in person. And he spoke to me a few words in Greek, which was really quite cool, which really blew me away. And then he said something to me really funny because he was a very funny man and uh, he had some great humor and so forth. And he just turned around and said, so when are they going to serve the food? And so I love the food as well, of course. And it was just a great thing. He and I had a good chuckle about things. So the thing here is I admire Prince Philip for various things. One of them was around his leadership how he led these organizations, 780, but also showing his leadership with his family, with the Commonwealth and so forth, and the way that he was and his presence up front. And you can always see that he had a very strong presence, even though he may have been two steps behind the Queen, he still had a very strong presence up front with the Queen. He was also what I call a leader of his times. He was, as I said before, an early adopter. And what he did was, you know, if we take the title of the show, Leadership is Changing, he really did show that right from when he was met the Queen right throughout their their time together over 70 years. And you know what? He arranged for the coronation of the Queen to be filmed. First time ever where cameras came in to actually show, show the world so the world could be present to see the coronation of the Queen. And he did things differently. He did things his way, and sometimes he got told off for it. And at times he just would buck the trend, but he would go and do things his way and he would show leadership, hence leadership is changing. But he did things with confidence. And I noticed how confident he was as a speaker, as a person up front, when he met people and so forth, as I said before, that presence. That's something that's really important for all of us. Really important for us to be confident in front of people, in front of our organizations, in front of our teams and so forth. I really admired the way he dressed. He always came across as classy, well-dressed, had pride in what he was wearing. Something I think is very, very important for a lot of us is to have that pride, but I I really enjoyed uh, what he was wearing and so forth. I admired how he held himself, how he said things, 
and how he was real about things, you know. So he would say things just as they were. Yes, there was a few times when he got himself into trouble, but you know what? He actually said the way the things were. You may not agree with everything he said. Probably I didn't agree with everything he said either. But you know what? He was being real. Today, we are looking for leaders, and we want more leaders to be authentic, transparent, and real. And so he was doing that ahead of his time for sure. As I said before, the way he carried himself, his confidence, his presence, and so forth was really important. But he had something else that was a really huge team. He had a sense of humor. And for us to lead in today's world with it being so changing so much, so much going on in our lives and everything, so much stress and so forth, it's really important for us to be resilient by actually having a sense of humor. Of course, that sense of humor longs it's not the expense of others. But if you can have a sense of humor, and have a good chuckle with people, or have a good laugh with people, that's really going to help you be in a good space for whatever you're wanting to do. He consistently encouraged young people and people to be their best, to do their best, hence the Duke of Edinburgh Award program. By the way, his son, Prince Edward, is the one that's actually picked up that uh, program now and has taken it over from his uh, father. I was also had the privilege to actually be on the on a New Zealand sort of committee, if I can put it that way, or a panel that represented different people within the Duke of Member Award program. So you had the chapter leads, as I call it, around the country, but you also had, like myself, representing the Gold Award holders. And uh, so I had the privilege of doing that for a few years as well, which is pretty cool. A good friend of mine, Glenn Duncan, who's uh, passed away as well now, but Glenn was uh, was the person running that and running the Duke of Member Award program in New Zealand and asked me to be part of that uh, with him, which was pretty cool to do. But the other thing I've got to really admire is his way in which he was a rock and beside his wife. And even though he had to step back for her to be the queen and what she did and who and what she had and how she handled herself, but he was always there. He was loyal. He was somebody that was beside her all the time. When you ever see pictures of the queen, you always tend to see him beside her uh, and so forth. And so it's going to be a huge gap for her not to have Prince Philip beside her. But what a guy, you know, what a, what a person to be there to support, to support their partner in what they're doing. What are you doing as leaders today? Are you leading in the sense of actually supporting your partner and whatever they want to do? Are you there as a husband, a wife, a partner, somebody who's an uncle, an auntie, whoever you are, brother, sister, siblings, beside those that you need to support on an ongoing basis. So team, as a result of Prince Philip's life, we've got his funeral coming up very soon, and it's a time for us to celebrate his life. It's a time for us to celebrate him as a person, but him as His Royal Highness uh, Prince Philip, and also what he'd done and what he brought to, to the world. So what kind of leader would you like to be known as? It's an interesting question that I ask a lot of leaders. How would you like to be known for now, but also in the future? And what will be your legacy? What will people say about you and talk about you when you leave? What will you do today as a custodian of that leadership role that you're in today? What will you do today? But what will you do to help set up your legacy for the future as well for people to look at? And what will you put in place now? If there's some things that you're not doing today that you want to do, 
then what are you going to do to make sure you put those in, put those things in place? If there's some gaps in your skills, your capability, or things that you want to do, how are you going to develop yourself as a leader going forward? You see, there's an art in being a leader. A good friend of mine who's an author, uh, he, he talks about how, and he speaks on stage, uh, a guy called Vince Molinaro, episode four, if you haven't already heard it. He talks about Dennis and me. He goes, Dennis and I, we're, we're leadership geeks. And you know what? It's about us. What are we doing on a regular basis to help develop ourselves as leaders? Because you know and I know that a lot of what we've done has helped us get where we are today, but it's not going to take us forward any further. Yes, it's a good foundation, a great foundation for us to build on, but what can we do to move forward to be an even better leader, to take organizations to new levels, to help develop the leaders for tomorrow? What can you do today to help start setting yourself up for the future? Well, 99 years and 10 months, almost 100 years of age. He's given and he's served the Commonwealth. He's gone and served his family and he's gone and done it so well. This is a special tribute to him. And I'm sure there's lots of people in the world who have had their own stories, their own things and how they can relate to Prince Philip. But all I know is that whatever you do as a leader, it has impact. Whatever we say, whatever we do, how we say it, how we do it, has impact on people. And so I'm going to really encourage you all to think about those questions that I just asked. What kind of leader would you like to be known as? What will be your legacy? What will you put in place now? And what what will you develop yourself to making sure that you become a very strong or even better world-class leader that you want to be going forward? It's up to you, team. It's totally up to you. All I know is that whatever you put into it is what you'll get. And if you put in the right things, the things that you want to do, that'll be great. Will it be perfect? No. And you know that. What I'm going to say to you is, don't wait. Because it's now time for you to go ahead and be the best leader you can be. As we're coming out of these lockdowns or as people are going back into lockdowns, as we as a nation or a country or a world going forward, we need strong leaders. We need effective leaders. We need leaders who know what they're doing, who are going to lead us from the front with vision, confidence, and so forth. It's up to you, team. Totally up to you. But I'm really looking forward to hearing your stories and your results and what you're achieving as well. Hey, if you haven't already checked out the Facebook group, Leadership is Changing, or the LinkedIn page, Leadership is Changing, please go ahead and check those out. We'd love to see you there and joining those pages, or joining that page or joining that group as well. What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Change is incredibly scary, especially with the unknown and the unfamiliar territory. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing. Hey, look out for the episodes as they're being released. Download them, have a listen, put a review and a rating. It's really important that we get these ratings and reviews in because, you know, it's really going to help the whole podcast. Hey, share them with your friends, your family, your network. You know, I love to see them uh, getting some of this kind of input. It's been wonderful to get the different feedback I'm getting from people in relation to the podcast and episodes or the podcast as a whole. But if there is any feedback you'd like to give me on the show or if there's any feedback you'd like to give me or questions you'd like me to ask, in relation to my guests that I interview or any questions for the Ask Dennis episodes, 
then feel free to send me an email, dennis at leadingchangepartners.com. Hey team, always a pleasure coming to you and uh, thanks for tuning in today. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world.